Hello and welcome to the next episode in our digital download series. I'm Lizzie Williams, I'm a senior associate in the Dispute Resolution Group at Harbottle and Lewis. In this podcast series, we are discussing topical issues in the digital and tech world, giving our experts steer on the legal issues they give rise to. Each fortnight, we will interview some of our colleagues on a tricky tech topic, and today's guests are Kostya Lobov, a partner in our IP group, and Caitlin McGibbon, an associate in our film, TV and theatre group. I'll be asking them about navigating the world of NFTs, otherwise known as non-fungible tokens. Before we get stuck into the interview, I'll say a little more about the world of NFTs. The popularity of NFTs spans the world of tech, games, fashion, music and beyond. To take just a few examples from this year, the founder and CEO of Twitter sold his first tweet for $2.9 million via an NFT. An NFT of the digital photograph of Emily Ratajkowski sold at auction at Christie's for $140,000 and Kings of Leon launched an album using NFTs. Sales seem to be booming, but how do the NFTs work and how does the law regulate them? Before we get into the detail, I should clarify exactly what we mean by an NFT for those who are less familiar. An NFT is digital token. It is non-fungible in the sense that it is unique and can't be replaced with something else. Most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. A blockchain is a digital ledger showing details of transactions. It is a decentralised ledger, so not controlled by a single authority, and its content is immutable and cannot be changed. I mentioned that most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. As well as supporting the Ethereum currency, the Ethereum blockchain supports NFTs. NFTs store various information and are connected to an asset. We will be focusing on digital assets today, but NFTs can also be connected to physical assets. The NFT is not the same with the asset itself. That is something that often causes confusion. The NFT and the asset are separate, and the NFT is more like a certificate of title to the asset. NFTs are smart contracts, which are collections of code and data which are essentially programmed to determine how the NFT will operate. The value of the NFT comes from the fact that you can demonstrate the authenticity of it because all the transactions relating to it are recorded on the blockchain. So with that introduction out of the way, we can now dig deeper into the legal side with Kosha and Caitlin. Kosha, as a starting point, I think it's worth making clear to the extent we can what you're actually buying as a matter of law when you purchase an NFT. Is it an IP right or a bundle of IP rights or something else? Is it a license to use an image? Well, quite. That's a good question. It really depends on what the NFT itself says, either as part of the code or as part of any ancillary or separate documents or communications surrounding the transaction, which the buyer and seller entered into separately. At the end of the day, if it came in front of a court, the court would have to try and work out what the parties had agreed. You know, a contract doesn't have to be on one signed piece of paper signed by both parties. It can be agreed verbally or in any number of ways. And that's what the court will try and determine. Did the buyer intend to transfer the copyright, for example, in the artwork to the seller? Or did the buyer intend to grant a license? And if so, what were the terms of that license? How long for and what can the buyer do and not do with the work? There's also some specific legal requirements when it comes to assigning. Assigning just means transferring ownership of copyright. Namely that it has to be in writing and signed by the assignor. So that's what it says in the CDPA, the copyright legislation in the UK. So if it's not recorded in a separate document and it's not somehow bedded into the code of the NFT itself or, for example, minted as part of the artwork or some second page where effectively the contract and the terms are set out, then in theory there's no valid assignment, at least under UK law. 
Thanks, Kostya. Now, continuing on the theme of copyright, there's been a lot of discussion about protecting copyright and assets which are the subject of NFTs. If I find an image on the internet which somebody else has created, and then I go through the minting process to link that image to an NFT, which I go on to sell, does that impact the copyright of the original image? And is the sale an infringement of copyright? Always be wary of any questions which start with if I find an image on the internet, as, as most people know. But the minting process itself does not affect the rights of the copyright owner in any way. So the copyright either existed or it didn't exist, and it was owned by somebody if it did exist. And the fact that something has been minted does not change that in any way. If you're minting an NFT and presumably you're embedding a link to a third party site or a locker where the image, if we're talking about an artwork, is stored, then in doing that you've probably already infringed copyright if you didn't have consent to use that image because you presumably would have downloaded the image, saved it onto your computer and possibly uploaded it onto this third party website that's going to store it. If you've done those things without permission of the copyright owner and no defences such as fair dealing apply, then in theory you've infringed before you even get to the process of minting. And then yes, you may well be committing further acts of infringement after you've minted by offering for sale or selling the NFT, which could amount to things like adaptation or quote-unquote communication to the public or authorising of one of those things, all of which are considered to be primary acts of copyright infringement. None of this really matters if nobody finds out. I suppose that applies to all laws in general, unless somebody finds out and decides to enforce their rights. But of course, most NFTs are minted in the hope that they will become huge and attract huge value and interest, and then they therefore end up on the BBC and mainstream website and so on. So if that's your goal and you want it to become big, then using an artwork in which you don't have rights or for which you don't have permission to use is, generally speaking, asking for trouble. Absolutely. Caitlin, we've discussed that what is being sold through the NFT is usually some form of a right to use content, depending on the contractual framework, it may come in different forms. Usually the content is artistic. If you are a content owner, say you own a culturally significant piece of digital art and you want to sell an NFT representing that content, but prevent the content from being exploited in certain ways. For example, you want to permit people to be able to hang it on their walls, but you don't want them to be able to sell merchandise showing that artwork. What can you do? If the owner wants to do that, they'll probably want to package the sale as a limited license to use the content in a specific way, rather than an outright assignment or transfer, as Kostya said, of all the rights in that content. So if the owner is going to take this approach, they should ensure that the license terms have clear limitations on how the purchaser can use the content, essentially. And that's just done through careful wording of the license, as it would be with a traditional non-NFT agreement. If the owner is going to sell the NFT through a marketplace, which is often the case, then they'll want to just look at any standard terms and conditions that the marketplace applies. Just make sure that those standard T's and C's reflect the terms that they themselves want to pass on to their own purchaser. If they're not selling through a marketplace or if they are selling through a marketplace, but the marketplace either doesn't have standard terms or allows for deviation from the standard terms, then obviously the owner will need to negotiate appropriate bespoke license terms with their purchaser. And on that note, I think it's worth just pointing out that I think in general, given the types of NFTs we're seeing being sold or certainly sold for the large sums of money that you mentioned at the start of the episode, in general, I think it's likely that the content owner will be in the stronger bargaining position of the two parties and will likely be able to impose the license terms that they want without too much in the way of negotiation or pushback from the purchaser.
Another thing to do is to include indemnity against unauthorized use in those license terms. And that just means that if the purchaser exploits the content in the way that's beyond what's permitted, for example, as a seller, you authorize someone to use an image as a piece of artwork, and then they turn around and they try to use that image on commercial items of merchandise. That just means that the seller will have some additional recourse against the purchaser. And then finally, the agreement should contain a provision stating that if the purchaser breaches their license terms, and again, you know, tries to use the content in a way that's broader than was permitted, that damages wouldn't be an adequate remedy and that the content owner can seek an injunction to prevent the purchaser's unauthorised use. Thanks, Caitlin. So it's really about getting the bespoke license terms right for the situation. We mentioned earlier that NFTs often contain smart contracts, which are self-executing programs and not necessarily contracts in the legal sense. And we've also mentioned that the smart contract could deal with legal issues like copyright, or instead there could be a separate formal written contract which accompanies the sale, particularly for valuable NFTs, which deals with those matters. Caitlin, in your view, are smart contracts more suitable for this type of transaction than a traditional written contract? Well, there are pros and cons to both. So at this point, I'm not sure we can definitively say if one is better than the other. One key advantage of smart contracts is obviously that the code is built in and the terms apply at the point of sale, no matter how far down the chain of selling and reselling you are. For the content owner, that's great because it means that once you've imparted terms onto your original purchaser, those same terms are passed on to each subsequent purchaser. And that's great, obviously, assuming you want those terms to be passed on. So, for example, one thing that is often discussed is that smart contracts sometimes include provision for automatic payment of royalties to the original owner every time the content is resold. And that automatic passing on of obligations is something which is difficult to replicate with a traditional written contract. And certainly with a traditional written contract, you wouldn't have an automatic payment mechanism built in, even if you did have a contractual payment obligation that was passed on. So that's one obvious advantage. However, of course, traditional written contracts have a number of advantages that we're all familiar with, including their adaptability to different situations. So if you have a smart contract, it's good that you're passing on the same terms over and over again, provided that's actually what you want to be doing. And if it's not, then obviously you'd kind of prefer a, a traditional form of contract in which you can adapt the terms to the circumstances. And then I guess the main downside really to smart contracts is that they've yet to be tried and tested by the UK courts. So their enforceability is going to be really important to keep an eye on. And obviously, if NFTs continue to be sold at the pace we're seeing, then it's just a matter of time before they're scrutinized by the courts. Thank you. Now, looking at things from another angle, going back to something we touched on with Kostya earlier, where we spoke about taking an image off the internet and minting it. If you're a content owner selling an NFT, how do you verify that you're able to sell the content in the way you would like to and have all the associated rights in order to sell the NFT? Well, you're right to flag this as an important issue because we've actually seen a lot of businesses wanting to cash in on this NFT gold rush, but not actually having all the rights that they need in order to do so. So as a seller, there's two aspects really to making sure you have the necessary rights to sell content as an NFT. Firstly, assuming the content is the product of the work of a number of third-party contributors, so for example, writers, coders, musicians, actors, etc., you should ensure that all of those contributors have ideally assigned, or at the very least licensed, all the rights in their contribution up to you and they haven't reserved any rights that you might want to exploit. And you should also ensure that the contributors have waived their moral rights in the content as applicable. 
As part of this exercise, you should also make sure that any image rights of on-screen talent are cleared for the specific use you're purporting to authorise. And this is actually trickier than the rights point that I just mentioned, because often in an agreement with a third-party contributor, their image rights are cleared for a limited or a specific purpose. I'm a film lawyer, so my example would be in a film context, someone's image rights would generally be cleared for use in connection with the film itself and advertising and merchandising in connection with the film, but not necessarily in connection with any broader artistic or commercial use. So it's worth looking at that image rights language closely. And if it's not broad enough, then further permissions and potentially further payments might be required for use of that individual's likeness before you can sell the content as an NFT. And then the second aspect is making sure that once you have acquired all those rights, you haven't then passed them on to another party in a way that would prevent you from licensing the rights onto an NFT buyer. So again, in a film context, for example, the rights will often be passed up from the producer, so the creator of the content, up to the distributor. So if the producer then were purporting to sell the content as an NFT, they wouldn't actually be in a position to do so. If as a potential seller, you find yourself in this situation, then that might actually prove to be a stumbling block to you selling your NFT as planned. And then going forward in agreements with parties higher up the chain, it could be the case that content owners try to retain some of the rights they'd need in order to sell content as an NFT. If this craze or whatever you want to call it is here to stay, but that will be a matter for negotiation on a case by case basis. And we'll have to see how that pans out. And if the industries in which we operate shift a bit to allow for that. Thank you. Now, bearing in mind everything we've heard, Koshna, surely there's real scope for disputes here. For example, if an NFT purchaser assumes they've purchased the underlying art that is associated with the NFT but have not, or if there's been misrepresentations about precisely what is being sold. Yeah, for sure. There's scope for disputes at any time, but especially when there's a new technology that hits the mainstream the way this has done. People are inevitably going to get it wrong whether it's done deliberately or by accident. We've already seen some examples of people selling and minting NFTs of art in which they do not have rights and then getting into trouble after that. So I think we're definitely going to see disputes. How far those disputes go and whether people actually try and enforce their rights through the courts is another matter. Ironically, the decentralized nature of blockchain could make this a nightmare to litigate because litigation is not really geared up for things like this. You need to know who is suing who, where both parties are, in which country, which country's courts are going to deal with the dispute, and also which country's laws should apply, which of course could be a difficult one to work out given the very international nature of this. The other thing to bear in mind, of course, is that if you're advertising an NFT or anything for that matter for sale, then laws relating to the mis-selling of items or misrepresentation or misleading advertising may also apply. So in the UK, we have the Advertising Standards Authority, which administers various codes which say what you can and can't say when you're advertising something for sale. And pretty much most developed legal systems have an equivalent to that, as well as consumer protection laws if you're selling the NFT to a consumer. So there could be things that you fall foul of there if you're maybe misinterpreting or if you're misstating what it is that the buyer actually will get in exchange for payment. Thanks, Kostya. Yes, a myriad of different potential hurdles there. And as you say, the jurisdictional issues are very interesting and complex when it comes to blockchain. And, and that's a whole other topic in itself. On a related note, is greater legal regulation of the NFT landscape likely anytime soon? I think we're likely to see regulation, maybe not specifically 
for NFTs, but there's financial authorities and tax authorities that are already actively looking into the tax treatment, for example, of cryptocurrencies more generally, and not just cryptocurrencies, but crypto tokens of various categories. Really, we're just talking about another type of token that just happens to be attached to a particular piece of content or an item in this case. It's just an extension of the same principle. So regulators are already grappling with this. Not all regulators have fully worked out how they're going to deal with cryptocurrencies and tokens yet, but it's being looked at. So I can see more regulation on the horizon on that front. And I suppose if it turns out that this does become abused on a widespread basis and it leads to a risk of public harm, then that's typically the main driver for, for more regulation in most countries. If and when we do see disputes, people suing each other, and, and one of these disputes makes it all the way to a court decision, then of course the court could end up, by making that decision, making some new law or giving us guidance on how existing laws, most of which were drafted long, long before any of this existed. We still use copyright laws from the 1980s in, in the UK to a large extent. The courts might end up giving us guidance on how those laws should be applied to this new technology. Absolutely. And bearing all that in mind, what would you say are three key points to consider for companies considering monetizing digital assets via NFTs? I would say definitely understand what rights you have in the thing or the piece of content that you're minting. And if you need third party permissions or clearances, make sure that you've got them. Secondly, be very clear about what you're selling and what rights you are granting to the buyer and make sure it's recorded clearly somewhere, whether that's in a separate agreement and correspondence or as part of the NFT itself. And thirdly, if you are in doubt and you need some input, it's always better and a lot cheaper to get that input from a lawyer before something has gone wrong as opposed to when it already has. Thank you. Well, we're coming up to the end of our time stop for this episode. Thank you so much, Kostya and Caitlin, for your time and insight on NFTs. For further insights, please follow Harbottle and Lewis on Twitter and LinkedIn and join us for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Mm-hmm.